Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on? Three and Out Podcast, live and back at you here with John Middlecoff. But I got to start with this. March Madness is here. The college tournament. All ball with Doug Gottlieb. Also on the Colin Coward Podcast Network. Is up. It's live. It's going wherever you listen to the podcast. For me, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. If you leave any questions, I will get to them uh, throughout the podcast, moving forward, we we got a lot going on right now. And l- let me start with this. I, I really think in life, there people are defined in, in either two categories. Pretty simple. You either have balls and are willing to fail, or you're just a conservative stiff. And I don't mean that politically. I, I just mean the way you operate. Your unwillingness to take chances in life, whether that's buying a house that's a little out of your price range, whether it's maybe taking a job that you may not quite be prepared for, and then there are those people that are always willing to roll the dice, whether it's a small business owner trying to expand his business, whether it's back in the day, uh, one of the great stories in the NFL from a business standpoint was Jerry Jones, took every penny he had and bought the Dallas Cowboys. There were a lot more wealthy men all throughout America that could have purchased the Dallas Cowboys. And they did not. But Jerry was a riverboat gambler. And clearly his life has kind of been defined by that mantra. Now he's the highest end. And I'm not even talking necessarily about Jerry Jones. I'm just talking about people in general. The people that have balls and the people that don't have balls. And typically the people that have balls are successful. I'm not saying you can't be successful if you're not willing to roll the dice, 
but really our country in the history of America is defined by those in business, and I think that is what we're talking about here in sports, by those type people. And when you look at the NFL right now, I had I live in the Bay Area, had a front row seat for Trent Baalke. I would put him on the conservative stiff side. Was never willing to roll the dice and make trades, trade a lot of picks for players. There was a famous story around here that Jim Harbaugh really wanted Odell Beckham Jr., and he wouldn't part with certain picks. Ted Thompson forever defined the Green Bay Packers by just his conservative nature and unwillingness to be aggressive in free agency. I think there is a group of those old-school general managers that are dying on the vine. They are disappearing daily. Now, just because you're an older guy in the league doesn't necessarily mean that you were conservative when it came to being aggressive in free agency. Look at Belichick. Belichick's in his mid-60s. He's always been willing to roll the dice. I worked for Andy Reid. Andy is always willing to be aggressive, whether it's trades, whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft. But I would say those guys are outliers. But there is a new crop of men in this league. Some of them, not necessarily, it's not necessarily defined by youth. It's just their opportunity. Look at John Dorsey. It took him a long time to get a general manager job. He went to Kansas City with Andy, and he was really aggressive. He's gone to Cleveland and just nonstop action. John Schneider, once he became the general manager in Seattle, started working for Pete. He's been rolling the dice for years. And it doesn't always work, but he's always willing to put his chips in the middle of the table. He's taken countless big swings. I have nothing but admiration for him on the moves that didn't work. The Percy Harvin trade, now they ended up winning the Super Bowl, but I get what he was doing. Even the following year with Jimmy Graham. And then a couple years later, or I guess last year with Sheldon Richardson. Like that's the type of guy I want to be my general manager. Brian Gutekunst, now that's basically replaced the stiff Ted Thompson, is not afraid to be aggressive when it comes to free agency. You have the greatest quarterback ever. If you're not willing to be aggressive, you will just end up be complaining at the end of the year. That's my biggest problem with the Dave Gettleman's of the NFL. They are there. You just know exactly what they're going to do. I can chalk it up right now. Today, the most recent news: he signed Nate Solder of the New England Patriots to be his left tackle. I was talking to someone last night. I wouldn't be totally shocked if he took the guard from Notre Dame with the second overall pick. Quentin Nelson. That is a stiff conservative move. Like, yo, Gettleman, you have Eli Manning that is a shell of himself. Go get a quarterback. Be aggressive. Do something. Less need. I don't necessarily agree with all of his moves, but I have nothing but admiration for the way he operates. He is always trying. Whether it's Marcus Peters, whether it's Aqib Tlaib, last year with Sammy Watkins, he is not afraid to put his chips in the middle of the table. Last year, with John Lynch, they get Trent Baalke out of here, just nonstop, never did anything. And then you get John Lynch, and in his first year, trades a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. During his first draft, he got really aggressive and went after an elite talent in Reuben Foster, a guy most teams wouldn't touch. I love it. I mean, that, that's, that's what I want. That, that's what we want. Part of the reason this has been one of the great free agencies, I would say, ever in the NFL 
is because there's been this added elements of trades. And I, I think it's a huge influx. When I was in Philly, I worked for Howie Roseman. He's always been like that. Now there are a bunch of Howie Roseman clones and similar mindset uh, general managers all around the league. And it's typically, for most of my life, was stiff conservatives. Like Ted Thompson wasn't an outlier. He was, the majority of guys were like Ted Thompson. Now it's shifted the other way. And I think that's only going to add to the entertainment value of the league. I also, I also think it's only going to add to the competition. You see Buffalo. Brandon Bean is killing it. He, 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 they, they've gone from pick 21 to pick 12. They'll be in the top five very soon trying to get a quarterback. They, they traded a bunch of players that they weren't going to use for picks. But then they're not just sitting on those picks and, you, and go, you know, we're just going to use all these picks and you just try to pick a bunch of good players. Now, that typically doesn't work. You know, just because you give yourself more chances doesn't mean you're going to get the right player, especially when you don't have a quarterback. So if you're a quarterback-less team, look at the Browns recently, that equates to losses. So I think the Bills looked at this season, you know, it was a little bit of an outlier. We were 9-7, and seven, but we probably had more of a 4-5 or five win roster. The only way we can take the next step is use all these picks we've accumulated and go get the most important player in sports. And that's what it looks like they're doing. So as a football fan, as a fan of someone that just admires people in business that are on the have the cojones side, I think we're pretty lucky right now because I don't think this is going to change. We're going to continue to see trades, continue to see general managers get aggressive, and continue to have a league that you could argue that the offseason is just as fun and depending on what team you root for might be more fun than the regular season. So thank God for a, a league that's full of a bunch of young general managers that, ha- that have some balls. Yesterday, we had a pretty historic moment in the NFL. Kirk Cousins, quarterback now for the Minnesota Vikings, signed a fully guaranteed contract. Three years, $84 million. In the other two major sports, baseball and basketball, for the most part, when you see a contract signed, like Jake Arrieta just signed three years, $75 million. You don't even have to ask how much the guaranteed money is. You just know it's going to be fully guaranteed. That's the way it operates. Steph Curry signs a max deal. It was $200 million. He's guaranteed every penny. That's the way it works. But in the NFL, the one thing that really makes the league special from an entertainment standpoint from a fan standpoint, is that they don't have guaranteed contracts. So from a fan's perspective, you should be hoping that this contract is an outlier and not the norm. And we've seen it before. I, I, I think we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Everyone thinks like, even Doug, let's, let me read a tweet from Doug Baldwin, I'm a big fan of, in Seattle, super smart Stanford guy. Yesterday said this on Twitter. Kirk Cousins is a hero for all the young players that will follow after him. Now we need more players to bet on themselves until fully guaranteed contracts are the norm and not the exception. I get what he's saying. From a player standpoint, in a perfect world, every penny would be guaranteed on your contract. I hope that never happens. Because this league would be riddled with terrible contracts. I I see it all the time in the other two sports. 
The San Francisco Giants would have cut Hunter Pence two years ago, but they're stuck with his $18 million a year albatross deal. He, he can barely swing a bat. The Golden State Warriors, they've won two championships in three years, had to overpay to keep Andre Iguodala. He's a shell of himself, and they still have, after this season, two years remaining at basically $16-plus million a year. In the NFL, that contract, non-quarterback, I wouldn't be against giving quarterback guaranteed contracts. I'm okay with that. I would never, and I repeat, never, give another player in the league, non-quarterback, a guaranteed contract. Because you'd just be stuck with players that you really don't want. Also, the injury rate of the sport. Here's the problem with Doug Baldwin's thought process. Most players can't afford to bet on themselves because of the nature of the sport, how likely you are to get injured. Cousins was lucky enough, he quarterbacks are not going to get injured as much as linemen, as much as receivers, as much as defensive players. To bet on yourself means to get the free agency, especially if you're a really good player, they are probably going to tag you. Well, you consistently see players are not comfortable with being tagged because they want a long-term contract. Now, part of signing the long-term contract is giving a little money back and not getting it fully guaranteed. But the great part of not having contracts fully guaranteed from a front office perspective, and that's the way I look at it, I'm most people in the media are pretty pro-player. I'm pretty anti-player, you know? I, I, I'm, I'm pro the sweet players. I'm, I like to stay flexible in every other player. So, you know, if you're uh, LeBron James or Tom Brady, I'm pro you. But if you're basically anyone else on the roster that's not my cash cow, uh, I want to stay flexible. I want to be fluid. I want to have uh, the ability to get out of it at, at any moment in time. And that's the great thing the NFL has. It's why in these other two leagues, here two things. Players like Dadamakan Su, Muhammad Wilkerson, for example, two guys that just recently got cut, they signed massive contracts within the last two or three years. If it was basketball or baseball, those players would not become available. They would be stuck on their team for the remainder of the four or five year deal or six year deal, whatever they sign. Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, is a got cut from the Cardinals. Again, if this was the NBA, he would not be available. It's one of the things the NFL hangs their hat on from a business perspective. The other problem for Doug Baldwin and that mindset is because of injuries. And Nadamakin hasn't been hurt. Mo, I don't even know. He just disappears sometimes. But Honey Badger had a major injury. So many great players in the NFL and the history of the sport get hurt that it's impossible to wait it out like Kirk Cousins. He's an outlier. Kirk Cousins, the situation is an outlier. The sport is not set up for that to happen. Most players are not going to see it out that far. They're just not. I don't expect, I just think the contract, the fully guaranteed contract, how's Aaron Rodgers, if they offer him an extension this year, he has two years remaining on his deal, if they offer him $110 guaranteed dollars, even if it's not a fully guaranteed contract, let's say it's, Five years, $150 million, but $110 million of it is guaranteed. How's he going to say no? It's, it's one thing. It's easy to say bet on yourself. 
It's another thing when they throw massive amount of money in front of you, especially for a guy. I'm just using Aaron Rodgers as an example. He's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. His collarbone just shattered last year. Who's to say that couldn't happen again this year? Like, how do you turn down that type of money? It just, it just doesn't happen. I really think that the Kirk Cousins, the entire situation, and definitely the financial structure of it, is an outlier of a situation. In 1997-98 NBA season, Michael Jordan made $33 million. If we could go back in time, you would have been like, God, you know, by the time it's 2018, what's an NBA player going to make? $75 million? No. The max contract didn't go up really significantly at all. You know, in baseball, I I remember being in high school when Alex Rodriguez signed his $250 million deal. You would have said, God, in 20 years, what's a player going to sign for? $700 million? No, it just, it, it doesn't happen like that. There are outlier situations. And the quarterback is the one position in, in the sport of football that is unlike any other position. I am pro. I, I would give a guaranteed contract to a quarterback. I wouldn't love doing it just because, you know, we've seen Brady's ACL snap. We've seen Aaron Rodgers' collarbone. Uh, Drew Brees had a major shoulder injury a long time ago, has been healthy. But quarterbacks do get hurt. Derek Carr's had a couple major injuries. Carson Wentz already torn ACL. It's a brutal sport. If they ever go to guaranteed contracts, and I don't think they ever will because the owners are too smart. They're too savvy and too good at business. We would lose as fans because we wouldn't see the constant turnover and the the incredible offseason that we're gifted every year because they can get out of those contracts. It's one of the best parts of the sport. Last year, I had a, in the Bay Area, Navarro Bowman, in the middle of the season, had just signed an extension the previous year. They cut him. They said, see ya. And he signed with the Raiders. If it was any other sport, the 49ers just would have had Navarro Bowman on their team for the next four years. I hope they never go to guarantee contracts. And really, you should too, because we all benefit right now from the constant movement that the NFL brings Let's get into another big story this week. Richard Sherman signed with the 49ers, which would have been Saturday night. And he did so without an agent. And for some background information, typically a player agent in the NFL gets between 2 and 3% of any contract they do. Uh, there was an enormous outcry from media members, which... Not trying to crush media members, but they're kind of the last group that I go to for business advice, financial advice. And also, they have a skin in the game because many media members that you follow, you and I both follow uh, on Twitter, get a large amount of their information from the agents. And they crushed Richard Sherman and his contract. And I was baffled. I I, I didn't understand it. He's basically going to get, if he's ready for the season, which we don't know, anywhere between five and seven million. And I, I think we've lost sight of when we just talk about players, Richard Sherman, Hall of Fame, you know, I don't, whether he gets in or not, he probably has to play a couple more high level years. But in his peak, he was a Hall of Fame level player. That, that was 2013, 2014, 2012. This is 2018. He's coming off a torn Achilles. He also had surgery on the other foot for bone spurs. I've been in the league. Those type players do not get huge money. 
especially when you're 30 and you play corner. So I don't care if Tom Condon was representing him or if Richard Sherman was representing himself, he was not going to get much money. Even Joe Thomas, who just retired, said, quoted a tweet uh, on the on the Twitter.com and said, you, real, you really feel bad for Richard Sherman, but this is clearly a case of ego getting in the way of his pocketbook. He got absolutely crushed on this contract while working as his own agent. Richard actually responded to the tweet and said, it's actually a case of believing in who I am as a player while also coming off a major injury. I think the key part of Richard Sherman's response was coming off a major injury. This is the NFL. Major injuries, especially at corner, to your foot, to your Achilles, to the way that you make your money by running is a pretty big red flag and is typically a pretty big reason why teams are not going to break out the checkbook. I don't care who his agent was. Teams were not, they might have been lined up to bring him in for visits, to even want to sign him, but that number was capped. He was not going to get a lot of money. And I hate to say it, I've been around enough Stanford people to know they're just smarter than me and you. They, they, They really are. He had studied some contracts, knew some of the comps, did a pretty incentive-laden deal, but he understood that wherever he went, he was not going to get much money. He even called other teams. Like Peter King was on yesterday with Colin Coward. I guess two days ago now, it would have been Tuesday. If you're listening on Thursday, if you're listening on Wednesday, it would have been yesterday. And I, he agreed with me. It feels like he's one of the rare people in the media that is actually that understands this. Let's take a listen. I, I think we are thinking of what Richard Sherman was a couple of years ago uh, when he was going to be an $11 million player this year. And, and I, I just will remind you of two things. That number one, Richard Sherman was unemployed and did not have a contract, all right? And so he went out there and started looking around. And he thought that his best chances were going to be San Francisco and Detroit, okay? And as I wrote in my Monday morning quarterback column yesterday, he called Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn of the Lions during his negotiations and told them, here's what I have from San Francisco. And they said, too rich for our blood. Also in the Monday morning quarterback article that Peter King wrote on Richard Sherman, he also called Reggie McKenzie, the general manager of the Oakland Raiders, who are in desperate need of a corner. And again, for all these people that saying that he got no money, Reggie also told him, no, we don't have any space for you. So I, I think this happens often in sports. You, you see it, you definitely see it in the NBA all the time. It took like three years for people to realize Derrick Rose was shot. But when you have a big famous name, it carries more weight. In football, major injuries change people's skill sets. You are never the same. This is not 2013. It's 2018 in a league where there's never been more cap space. So in this super shitty deal that the media, that some of the players keep telling me that he signed... All the other teams that were interested in Richard Sherman told him no. 
an agent could not have gotten him more guaranteed money, especially if he, he wanted to play for certain teams. Not every player, like, he wasn't willing to go play for Tampa Bay or the New York Jets and try to get every extra penny that might not have even been there. So I I think when people are looking at this, when people are crushing this, you have to know this. Media members get their uh, the majority of their stories from agents. And the agents, just like any uh, person in business, don't want their clientele to cut them off. That's how they make their living. And Richard Sherman is going against everything they stand for. He just kept the money himself, which I give him nothing but kudos for. That's awesome. Why would you pay an agent for the amount of money that you knew? Like, he couldn't have gotten you any more. Joe Thomas. I I was thinking about this this week. Joe Thomas, one of the greatest players in the history of the sport at his position. His contract, after his you know rookie contract was up a long time ago, would have been the easiest contract to do in NFL history. Like, Joe, you were the top left tackle in the league. Pay me the highest price. Whatever your agent was charging you, he was stealing. Whatever the highest paid left tackle was, you deserved more, and that's what the team should have paid you. So you could have had a contract lawyer do it for a fraction of the price. Like, your market was established. You were the best left tackle in football. You signed multiple contract extensions. Your agent took you to the bank. Here's the other thing, Joe. I would argue this from a business perspective. Didn't you make a poor decision, big picture, by playing in Cleveland your entire career? I would argue that Joe Thomas, who he just retired, it looks like he's heading into the media, but heading into the media, so he will probably soon be famous, is the most irrelevant, unrecognizable, great player in the history of sport. He, If he stays retired, which you never know with players, he's, he's younger, will walk into Canton in five years. The majority of NFL fans could not point him out of a lineup. So as time goes, he should have been remembered as one of these great all-time players. He, he never even made the playoffs. Think about that. Like, what a sad career. Do you know how much money Richard Sherman is going to make forever in Seattle because he was a part of a winner? What if San Francisco, and he's able to come back these next couple years, wins again? Do you know how big football is in the Bay Area? How storied this franchise is? Like, Richard Sherman has the opportunity to make a ton more money. I would have recommended to Richard, free of charge, that if, if the money was equal, and it wasn't, the Niners were offering more than the Lions... Choose the Niners over the Lions. Because if you win, if you're part of this team, Richard, that's able to get back into the playoffs, hell, makes a run with Jimmy Garoppolo, you will be famous in the Bay Area forever. And last time I checked, Bay Area's got a lot of money, a lot of earning potential. Ask all those dudes with the Warriors. Like, that was the smart move. It was also the smart move to cut the agent out. He didn't need one. His money was set. He's a 30-year-old corner with a torn Achilles and another bad foot. Like, who in their right mind thought that he was going to get a lot of money? I mean, there's not a team in the league that wasn't going to sign him to an incentive deal. My, my mom could have been his agent, and he would have got the same thing. Hell, he probably would have got more. Richard's smarter than my mom. No offense, mom. Like, kudos to Richard. And, and here's the other thing. For all the agents that are edgy, this is not going to happen very often. Most players in the league are not as smart as Richard. Most players in the league did not go to Stanford. So... I don't think we'll see this very often, but by no means did he get screwed. 
he made the right decision. Let's end on this. Obviously, we've had a ton of action the last several days in free agency. I want to hit on a couple deals that I like and a couple deals that I don't like. We'll alternate. So we'll go one good one, one bad one. We'll do a couple of them. Let's start with the wide receivers. And I'll lump these two guys into one move. The separate teams. But the two top wide receivers on the market, Allen Robinson, Chicago Bears, complete steal. If he's healthy, to get a guy for $25 million guaranteed that has his upside to be a potential number one wide receiver with Matt Nagy, all that offensive firepower in terms of coaching staff. A young quarterback, no-brainer, love the move. I Kind of a steal, to be honest with you. Some people, there was some blowback on Sammy Watkins to the Chiefs. A lot of money. I, it was three-year, $48 million. I, I view it simply as the guaranteed money, so it's like two years, $30 million. He's 25 years old. He's He had one good offensive coach in Sean McVay, but he got there during training camp. Andy Reid's the best offensive coach in the league. And he gets this guy for an entire offseason with his young quarterback that throws absolute bombs. I think that Sammy Watkins is by far going to play his best football. Again, he has to stay healthy. Is he overpaid? Yes. But he is a big-time talent. And he's going to be surrounded by Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, and this young quarterback, which I'm telling you, anyone in Kansas City will tell you he's got a chance to be a star. I like the move. Mainly because Patrick Mahomes on a rookie deal. He's not that expensive. You can overpay other players, and it doesn't crush you. Move I did not like, and I don't think I'm alone, Sam Bradford. You can't give Sam Bradford, I'd say, anything more than like 4 or $5 million guaranteed. I'd argue that might be a little high. He has a degenerate knee. His knee is literally always hurt. Every season, there is a tweet from Jay Glazer, Adam Schefter, Rap Sheet, Sam Bradford is on his way to meet with Doctors James Andrews. That is an inevitable uh, situation. It happens every season. He gets hurt and he goes to see Doctor James Andrews. You cannot. I, he got fifteen million dollars guaranteed. Sam Bradford, uh, highway robbery. Tom Condon for we just talked about Richard Sherman and agents and Joe Thomas. Whatever Tom Condon. Tom Condon deserves fifty percent of Sam Bradford's career $140 million earnings. Because Sam Bradford never made the playoffs. Uh, just, you can't depend on him. He is not a dependable player. Terrible, terrible, terrible contract. Another deal I liked. John Elway, Case Keenum. I think John Elway finally acknowledged, I, I don't think her cousins and John Elway made that much sense with Denver. You would have had to pay such a premium. Your team's not ready to win. They're kind of going through a rebuilding mode. Draft a quarterback at five. Get Case Keenum, who's be- much better than Trevor Simeon. Obviously better than Paxton Lynch. Can give you a quote-unquote bridge quarterback that can handle you through the next year or two as you groom a young quarterback and you get ready for the next kind of era in Bronco football. Because you're not a playoff team. I Got news for you, you're not really close. It was time to kind of hit the blow-up button. And Kirk Cousins, a tad bit sexy. I was told that the Kirk Cousins, John Elway, they kind of they got off around the combine. They realized that it wasn't going to be a fit. And I'm glad they went with Case Keenum. I like Case Keenum, and I don't think they're going to be very good. And that's okay. And it's all about setting expectations. 
and I think he's the type guy that you want around a young quarterback. But you got to draft a young quarterback at five, and clearly there's going to be some pressure on making sure you get the right guy. Deal I didn't like really at all is Andrew Norwell got over $13 million a year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. If I'm going to pay a guard that much money, he better be the best guard in the league. Talk to people around the league. They didn't even think he was the best guard on his own team. Uh, he is a solid player, but the amount that you have to overspend in free agency to get an interior offensive line, Jacksonville's a little lucky that their quarterback is not you know, a $30 million a year guy, even though he's on a second contract in Blake Bortles. But I, I would have gone the other way. I, I would have tried to put as much talent around Blake Bortles from a skill position uh, make him look better. I, I know they're old school. Doug Marone, I think, once famously said a perfect game would be when you don't throw it zero times a game. You just run it all game. So I get that's their mindset. But I, I don't know, man. At, at the end of the day, you win and lose in big games with your quarterback throwing the football to lose Allen Robinson. Basically just swapped Allen Robinson out for a guard. Uh, I, I'd much rather have Allen Robinson even coming back from an ACL over Andrew Norwell every day of the week. And one other one. I like this player just like everyone likes this player. He's one of the best corners in football in Marcus Peters. But when Andy Reid, as open-minded of a coach as you'll find in the NFL, who also drafted this player and has coached this player throughout his entire career, is open to trade a guy, I immediately red flag it. Then, Chris Ballard did not, was not interested. John Dorsey, who was the general manager when the player was uh, when Marcus Peters came into the Chiefs, was also not interested. That's a massive, massive risk for the LA Rams. Not that he can't play, but his personality. Something was there that gave the Chiefs so much reservation. They not only refused, like I don't think I can pay this guy. They had to ship him out. He was the, really the first guy dealt. They couldn't trade him fast enough. So for the Rams that really had a good thing going, I know they needed corners. They just lost Tremaine Johnson, went to the Jets. Janoris Jenkins a couple years ago is on the Giants. I like the Aqib Tlaib trade. He can play both on and off. He's had a long resume for being kind of a different dude of playing at a super high level and coaches getting along with him. Marcus Peters has a short resume, uh, which, you know, is it's a pretty big red flag for me. I, I think that is a very, very risk, risky proposition for Les Snead. He didn't give up much, but just upset what they really had going, which was a staple, a, a stable locker room and he's the type guy that I think can kind of ruffle some feathers so that's that's definitely one I'm not that big on well I want to thank everyone for listening to another week of three and out with John Middlecoff on the Colin Coward podcast network go to iTunes subscribe rate review leave any of your questions and when when things slow down in upcoming weeks I'll get to them on the show I appreciate everyone supporting appreciate everyone listening been a big success these first couple weeks uh we're gonna try to do it every wednesday and keep this thing rolling and again for those that like march madness like myself all ball with doug gottlieb also on the colin coward podcast network up and running right now thanks again everyone and talk to you next week. all state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. 
So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.